Good evening. It's good to see you all. Um, so tonight, uh, I'm going to walk us through a loving kindness practice. Um, the way um, I do it is um, been very influenced by my own teachers, Ezra and Elizabeth. Um, and it's different from, I think, the way that a lot of other people do it. So um, if you have a longstanding loving kindness practice of your own, uh, I encourage you just to give the version I'm going to offer tonight a try, see how it goes, um, and then decide for yourself um, uh, which version that you'd like to continue in your using in your own practice going forward. Um, I think that the, there are many different ways to do it that are are, are really beneficial, and um, and I'll say a little bit as the evening goes on about why some of the phrasing and some of the techniques that I'm going to suggest tonight might be worth considering incorporating uh, into your own practice. Um, but it's not about better or worse. It's just, um, and so decide for yourself. So um, I was thinking about how to do tonight. Um, and I think that what I want to do is kind of walk us through the various steps kind of slowly, like kind of like a talk, but where we practice each step along the way. And um, I'll explain each step and maybe say a few words about how to understand the directions, how to understand the phrasing, maybe certain things about the kind of mindset or um, even at times visualization that might help uh, each step come to life for you. Um, and uh, so it won't be like a straight up guided meditation at first. And uh, if anyone is really perplexed at a certain point in this initial like walkthrough, I want you to feel comfortable just sort of interrupting and saying, wait, could, could, could you clarify this? Or I have a question about, I'm not quite getting this. Um, if you have a question about a particular step, it's a good chance that you're not the only one, you know, who's wondering about that. So don't, don't feel bashful about um, just unmuting yourself and say, wait, Bernie, can, can I ask about that, that step? I, I, I'm not, not quite sure how to, how to like, you know, do this. So, um, and so I don't know how long this will take. I'm going to take my time. Um, uh, Cause the loving kindness practice has a lot of steps has a lot of words and so it's not something I want to rush through and also there'll be a recording of this that you can refer to later if you ever want to come back to it and you know it's like sort of um step by step okay so wait what are, what are the what are the different things I should be thinking about doing and then um and then we'll do just an ordinary guided meditation version of it afterwards but probably for a sh much shorter period of time maybe for like 10 or or uh, 15 minutes tops. Okay. Uh, it just depends on how much time we have. Um, cause I, I really want to leave some time at the end for some questions about, or just even for people to share how the experience was, you know, what, what, um, what felt, um, difficult or what was surprising or all that. So I guess I think that's really valuable for people to hear from each other. Um, about how the practice really was, were landed with them. So, so that's the kind of general plan.
for tonight. So, um, so please just get into a comfortable position. And um, this will, like I said, be kind of like a talk, but also uh, where I'm hoping we all engage in each of the meditative steps along the way. So um, it might it might mean for you closing your eyes, um, uh, whatever allows you to listen in a way where you can both sort of think about the steps, but also really engage in the practice I'm talking about. Okay. So um, I think one thing that I'd like to say at the very outset is that um, loving kindness practice is not about generating um, a certain kind of feeling that, um, or manufacturing a certain kind of feeling that without this practice wouldn't be there. It's really about um, unlocking uh, an attitude towards ourselves and other beings in the world that is, if anything, I think our most natural condition. Um, it's something that I think that we all have felt at times and naturally feel when we're not closed off by over-identifying with our um, sort of illusory separate sense of self. It's it's our birthright, something that's always there. It's like the truth of who we are. Loving kindness is just who we are at rock bottom. But because we're often uh, in different ways caught up in our own stories, especially our own suffering, our sense of separateness from others, our resentments, our fears. It's a feeling that is often obscured. Um, but I think it's really uh, good to remind ourselves that um, this is not something that is missing from us, that we need to somehow add to our lives, but is always there. And what this practice is designed to do is to kind of remind us of that and to begin to soften those um, sort of attachments and thoughts and feelings that, that block this natural access to this feeling. Um, another thing I want to say at the outset is that, and it goes along with what I just said, is that we're not trying to um, change in a way, um, anything about ourselves. We're trying to unlock something that's already there. And so if you don't feel particularly loving or kind, if you don't feel any warmth um, in the heart or anywhere else in your body while you do this practice, um, the idea is not to sort of change that or improve that. But let yourself feel however you feel. Um, don't try to manipulate your experience. Um, don't try to make yourself feel differently. Um, so if you are feeling cold-hearted, tight in the chest, 
let that experience be the way it is. Allow yourself to feel however you feel. Um, only by opening to ourselves as we are will we be able to unlock this sort of innate kindness that I've been talking about. Um, because we need to begin by being kind, accepting to ourselves as we are. Um, and so this practice shouldn't be used as a, a, a um, in the spirit of uh, self-improvement or self-aggression, like, oh, I don't want to feel this way. I want to feel a different way. Rather, um, however this practice feels to you is okay. And I think that's such an important thing to remind ourselves and something that I think we uh, inevitably forget over and over again. Um, uh, and so um, keep that in mind too, as we go. Okay, and I'll remind us of that too, as we go as well. So there's a particular kind of breathing that we do when we do loving kindness practice. And this is one of the things that's um, slightly different from some of the other more common ways of teaching loving kindness. So um, please allow your awareness to move to the center of the chest or the breastbone or sternum area. And it can sometimes be helpful, especially um, when you're first trying to get sort of comfortable with this practice to even put your uh, fingers right there in this, um, the sternum area. And, um, you know, at the very sort of bottom of the breastbone or sternum bone, right, um, you can feel this slight kind of indentation in the bone and almost even like a maybe a little bit of tenderness if you press in there. Um, obviously, it's a bone, it's hard, so I'm not, it's not actually like, you know, literally soft, but there can sometimes be a, a spot that feels a little tender there. In any case, however it feels, just use your fingers and the sensation of your fingers as a kind of guide to your awareness. So this is where I'd like you to park your awareness throughout this practice. And just feel the sensations located here as you breathe in and out. And even imagine your breath being drawn in through this spot in the center of your chest, through this area around your sternum or breastbone. Visualize the breath being drawn in right here. And don't worry about visualizing the out-breath going through this here. Just allow your out-breath to be natural. Just exhale without worrying too much about where the out-breath is leaving from. The key is to focus on the inhalation. And as you breathe in, say breathing in to the heart. Wait, no, sorry, breathing in, dwelling in the heart. 
and visualize the breath being drawn in through this part of the chest as you breathe in. Breathing in, dwelling in the heart. And then just let the exhalation be natural. Breathing in, dwelling in the heart, and allow your awareness to dwell here in the center of the chest. And then let the exhalation be just nice and easy and natural. Breathing in, dwelling in the heart. The key thing about this step is that it makes this practice not just a mental practice, but a physical practice, an embodied practice. And it is a, such a key thing to keep our awareness located here in the center of the chest as we go through all of the subsequent steps of a loving kindness practice. So this is the kind of breathing that we'll be doing for the rest of the evening. Breathing in, dwelling in the heart. And remember, it doesn't matter what the heart feels like at this point. Your heart may feel warm and tender, but it may feel hard and stiff and cold, whatever it feels like, allow it to feel that way. This isn't about making the center of the chest feel different in some way. We're bringing awareness to this part of our body, the heart area, in order just to be aware of how the heart feels throughout this practice. And now as you continue breathing in this way, it can be very helpful to begin a loving kindness session by first bring to mind someone for whom you just naturally have deep, warm, loving feelings. I hope each of us has at least one person in our life for whom we just feel deep love and affection. Bring that person to mind and you might even imagine as you breathe in, breathing in, visualize yourself breathing in the image of that person into your heart. And what some of you or all of you may be feeling at this point is, just how bringing this person to mind naturally activates the loving kindness that we all possess, but don't always feel. And so it can just awaken, even if just a little bit, that natural warmth that our heart is always capable of. And if you can feel that slight warmth, that slight softening in the heart, as you bring this person to mind, just notice how that feels. And again, if you don't feel that, 
if the heart feels hard. Just let it be that way. Okay. Now, the first phase of loving kindness practice is directed towards ourselves. So, breathing in, dwelling in the heart and visualizing the breath being drawn in through the heart space. Then, as you exhale, say silently to yourself, extending kindness to myself exactly as I am right now. Extending kindness to myself exactly as I am right now. So on the inhalation, breathing in, dwelling in the heart. And as you exhale, extending kindness to myself exactly as I am right now. Sometimes when I do this practice and this line, I have no natural feeling of warmth or kindness to myself. In fact, what I'm feeling is a certain kind of hardness towards myself, a resistance to how I'm feeling, a tension. If any of you are feeling like that, try to extend kindness to that very resistance, that very hard-heartedness. It's not about getting rid of it, making yourself feel different. It's about, can I have some sympathy even for that part of myself that right now can't stand how I'm feeling, cannot even stand what I'm like right now? Some of you may be feeling already some natural warmth towards yourself, then just feel that. But if you don't have any natural warmth right now, and it's very common, I want to add, for people to have a very hard time with this step, we find it often much easier to extend kindness to other people than to ourselves. I've also found it useful to almost like imagine that I am sitting across from myself, like you would be sitting across from a friend who's struggling and just feel so that your friend is just having such a hard time and is just lost in their own suffering and is feeling so tense and upset. How would you look at your friend in that kind of moment? Probably not with judgment you probably wouldn't be saying, God, why can't they get over it? Just, just come on, snap out of it. No, you would be there with patience and sympathy. Can you bring to yourself that kind of attitude of compassion and sympathy, even if your own heart feels hard as rock, cold as ice. Don't we need that kind of sympathy even more when we are feeling that kind of suffering? So breathing in, dwelling in the heart, 
extending kindness to myself exactly as I am right now. The second line of this practice is breathing in, dwelling in the heart, and as you exhale, attending to whatever blocks kindness and love. So if you feel any kind of hitch in the heart, any way in which you're not able to fully extend kindness and love to yourself, this line is asking us to just attend with awareness to what it feels like to not be able to regard ourselves with love and kindness. How does it feel? What kinds of thoughts are coming up? Just notice them with awareness. We're not trying to blow through whatever's blocking kindness and love. That would be aggressive. That would be the use of force. And you can't force the heart open. If there's anything that cannot be forced open, it's the heart. We need to attend to ourselves as we are right now. Attending to whatever blocks kindness and love. Just notice whatever is blocking kindness and love with as much compassion as is possible. And the third line of this practice is breathing in, dwelling in the heart, and remember to keep your awareness in the center of the chest, really feel the sensations. And then as you breathe out, extending kindness to others. And you could just imagine extending kindness to a few people you're particularly close to. You could imagine extending kindness to the other people who are on this Zoom call. Whatever feels natural to you. Someone emailed me after last class saying she feels like she can't extend kindness to enough people. Is she not doing the practice right? Um, it's often there's this line, uh, may all beings be free from suffering. May all beings be happy. She was like, maybe she doesn't find it possible to extend kindness to all beings. Please don't bring those kind of judgments into this practice. It doesn't need to be all beings, just some other beings for now. Do what feels natural and doable in this moment. And the scope of one's kindness and love will naturally expand with time. So breathing in, dwelling in the heart, extending kindness to others. So let's do just one more time through these three lines without interruption. Breathing in, dwelling in the heart, extending kindness to myself exactly 
as I am right now. Breathing in, dwelling in the heart. Attending to whatever blocks kindness and love. Breathing in, dwelling in the heart. Extending kindness to others. Now we'll move into the second phase of loving-kindness practice where we begin to focus on another person. So please bring to mind someone for whom you have naturally positive feelings, not someone who you're having issues with or someone you dislike or someone who's in some way hurt you, but someone who you feel like you have naturally positive feelings for. And then... As you say, breathing in, dwelling in the heart, visualize breathing in the image of that person into your heart. And then extending kindness to you, directing that thought to this person, exactly as you are right now. Breathing in, visualizing, drawing that person into your heart, dwelling in the heart and extending kindness to you exactly as you are right now. And then now second line, again, visualizing, drawing this person into your heart, breathing in, dwelling in the heart, and then directing to them this line, may you be healed in your difficulty. Perhaps you know of some kind of troubles or suffering that this person is undergoing. You're just expressing a wish, may you be healed in your difficulties. Wishing them well. Breathing in, dwelling in the heart. May you be healed in your difficulty. And one final line in this second section of the practice, again, with this person in mind. Breathing in, dwelling in the heart. May you extend kindness to others. You're wishing for this person that their heart be open and they be able to extend kindness to others, open their heart to others. A simple wish. Breathing in, dwelling in the heart. May you extend kindness to others. And now I'd like to do just one more round of this, this set of three lines. But please pick another person for this next round, another person for whom you have generally positive feelings, someone whom you love, care for, 
And then we'll do these three lines uninterrupted. Breathing in, dwelling in the heart, extending kindness to you exactly as you are right now. And perhaps you notice that you can extend kindness to every aspect of that person as they are right now. And just notice that if that's the case. Notice that with kindness. And breathing in, dwelling in the heart, may you be healed in your difficulty. And then finally breathing in, dwelling in the heart, may you extend kindness to others. And let's end this practice by just attending to the breath in the heart for a minute. Just feeling the breath being drawn into the center of the chest. And just exhaling naturally and easily as you breathe out. Okay, that's good. Feel free to move around, get comfortable. <clears throat> I actually didn't know how that would feel. Um, while I was doing it, I realized actually this was kind of just a guided meditation. And so maybe the thing to do is actually have some conversation about the practice now. Um, I could say a little bit more about um, certain lines um, instead of doing another 10 or 15 minutes. I, I, this feels like actually this was more just a practice, you know, um, and so I might, um, I think a better use of the time might be to have some, some conversation about it now rather than um, doing another 10 or 15 minutes, you know, um, so, um, sometime between, sometime in the next few days, I'll send out, um, the lines that I use written out so that people don't have to either try to remember or, um, or listen to the recording again, just to get the words. Okay. So I'll send that out in the next day or two to the email list. Um, I will say that um, I think there's the wording doesn't have this, you know, I think find the wording that works for you. Um, there are a couple variations that I sometimes like to use. Like, for example, um, uh, when I um, say um, attending to whatever blocks kindness and love, Sometimes I will instead say attending to whatever blocks the heart, right? Um, or when I'm thinking about another person, 
instead of saying, um, uh, may you extend kindness to others, I will sometimes say, may you dwell in the open heart or may you open your heart to others. Um, if there's these slight variations that you feel like capture the spirit, but feel somehow more natural to you, they just like, for some reason, they resonate with you more, you should feel free to um, tweak the lines. But I think that, um, you know, as I said, I, I mentioned in passing last week, I think that especially that first line, extending kindness to myself exactly as I am right now, to me, that feels like the crucial line where I think the wording is so important because it serves as this sort of steady reminder that this practice is not about becoming different, making myself feel something that I don't feel, but somehow extending warmth and kindness to myself exactly as I am right now, which may actually be completely closed down, you know, cold, tight. Um, because I think sometimes, and you know, people are different, but like sometimes when I um, do the more traditional lines, like, may I be happy, may I be safe, may I be at peace, or things like that, may I live it with ease. It's sometimes hard for me not to like listen to those lines and feel like um, what I'm trying to do is make myself feel that way, or like, you know, and, um, and while I don't think that's the way one supposed to use those lines, you know, it's just really about expressing you know, uh, well wishes to oneself, right? In this kind of open way. Um, I feel like the lines extending kindness to myself exactly as I am right now. It's like, no, that's, this is actually, that means like right now, like right like this, not some other way that I want to be, you know? Um, and for me, at least, that is a really crucial, valuable reminder. Um, I often find that when I say those lines, it is not my first impulse, to extend kindness to myself exactly as I'm right now. What I'm really feeling is actually a certain kind of resistance to how I am right now, you know, which in the second light, attending to whatever blocks kindness and love is also serving as a reminder, saying, if something is blocking the heart, if something is blocking kindness and love, this practice isn't about like somehow, um, uh, as I said, like blowing through that or getting, it's actually attending to that, that feeling of resistance that feeling of being blocked, attending to that with kindness. Because, of course, if we can attend to that with kindness, then loving kindness will naturally emerge because it's already there. It's just obscured by this, by this tightness that we're holding around it. Um, so it's not about creating something that's not there, but like really um, changing our attitude towards our own closed offness and realizing that if we can just look at that with kindness, with compassion, we're already accessing um, this natural loving kindness, which is there. Um, okay. So I think I'll pause there um, and just, does anyone have any questions or does it was does would anyone be willing to share how they, they experience the practice or any aspects of the practice? Um, as I said, I think it can be really valuable for other people to um, hear uh, how other people are are experiencing. 
you know, these practices, because if you're experiencing something, chances are someone else is as well. And so there's just a lot to be gained by this kind of sharing. So, hmm. and if you have questions, of course, too, please. Wendy, hi. Hello. Hi. Um, I, I, I was really looking forward to doing this tonight, and I, I thought it would go well, but because of the change in my lifestyle lately, I've in a little bit of physical agony from overuse of my body, and I couldn't find a comfortable position. Um, I actually was trying to lie down on the floor, and I couldn't lie down. I finally curled into almost a fetal position. Um, and then when you asked for a choice of a person, I was afraid of choosing one child over another. And I just, I couldn't find a pathway through to what I thought would be a wonderful, easy, rewarding exercise. Um, I, And I wonder if that reflects on my own hardness in that area, which makes me get a little emotional just saying that. Hmm. So um, thank you, Wendy, for sharing that. I mean, I think one thing I'll say is like, you know, um, anytime we approach a sitting with expectations, it's already, right? That's what we're already setting ourselves up for. Uh, and yeah. so I think that's just like, that's just a good thing to be aware of, right? Um, that, yeah, um, or like thinking it's going to be a certain way. We we never really know. Um, and, um, and the other is um, when you're feeling like, ah, oh, there's too much pain. I can't do this, or I can't. Um, that very experience, that very feeling of I can't get comfortable. I can't find the position. This is not going the way I wanted to. Um, or like, God, I can't pick which kid to pick. You know, this feels too fraught. That that anxiety can you almost like can you just like zoom out one level and extend some kindness to that, that part of you that just can't be comfortable and that feels frustrated that you can't be comfortable or they can't pick which kid and feels anxious that you can't pick which kid to do, you know? There's always, no matter what is going on, there is a way to flip things around and say, okay, that very thing which I think is making this practice like unproductive, not the un make, making me unable to do it well, you know, making it a bummer, like that can be the thing to direct kindness to which doesn't mean somehow you're going to feel gushing warmth right at all but it just means like at any every single moment presents a gateway to this possibility of kindness you know and so the very things that you thought were a problem actually next time around if it ever happens again see those as actually opportunities you know for like oh oh, this is what I could try being kind about. This very fact that like I'm so flustered and it's not going the way I thought it was and how I feel about that, you know? Yeah. See how that, try that next time, you know? No matter how quote unquote badly, because I don't think there is a bad, bad, you know, way to do this badly, right? No matter what is going on, like that experience, I think that part of you that's feeling bad, that's the part that I think um, is calling for what this practice it's all about some kind of compassion. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. John, I don't want to put you on the spot, but I know that you are a long time meta practitioner. I think you've even done 
retreats that were focused on meta practice. And I'm guessing you're kind of familiar with the um, you're more you, you you're you're trained in the IMS mm-hmm. version, right? The kind of Jack Cornfield, Sharon Salzberg version. Um, and I was wondering how these lines struck you um, because they're they're a little wordier. There's a little bit you know, and they're they're a little bit different and. I think you've done a little bit of this version with me over the years, but like, I'm just wondering if you could speak a little bit to your own experience of how this version versus the more traditional version. Well, yeah, I, <laughs> you put your finger on it. I did feel some resistance uh, because it, it, it felt more complicated and I was used, used to the simpler uh, phrasing and I kind of got lost in the, in, in the language. Um, that's understandable. It felt it feels it felt to me when I first started doing it this way, kind of clunky and awkward. Also, um, I, I um, but I have I have found that actually it's um, there's something about the particular wordings that I find really helpful too. So um, yeah, it can be. I I totally get that, John. Yeah, I I understand your comment just a, a few minutes ago about how the. The phrases that I'm more used to mm-hmm. do seem quite focused on creating a certain uh, response, uh, and 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 I, you know, I, I, I'm I'm thinking about what you said about the the other language, which to, of of um, accepting the uh, oneself right at that moment. Yeah, yeah. In fact, John, I'm remembering like a conversation that you and I had on Zoom probably like three years ago now, you know, um, and we're talking about loving kindness and you're talking about the line, may I be happy and how you you said at that moment, like what you do is you remember times when you felt particularly happy, right? As a kind of model for how kind of feeling that you want to generate at that moment or may I, you know, may I be at peace and you trying to, you, you, you said like you thought about particular times when you felt at peace, you know, trying to get concrete example. And I think I've thought of that often too. And I think that I also have that kind of like inclination, you know, um, because otherwise that the words seem really abstract, like what's happening, you know, what's just happiness on its own. And it's like, when was the last time I was happy? And, um, and I think that um, one thing I do appreciate with this particular wording that I offered tonight is that it's not, doesn't get one, imagining certain kind of emotional states or anything it's really about like even what wendy was experiencing can we extend kindness to even that right the, the part of us that's squirming on the floor you know that that just cannot get comfortable you know and there's not there's not this is where it's not going at all the way i picture no like just that that's all i mean is can we be kind to that yeah um carrie you had a hand up a second ago yeah, hi. It's been a while. I, I'm so glad I chose to come back tonight, though, because um, thank you. That I loved the phrasing tonight. It resonates deeply. But part of me wonders if it's in part because of um, I've been spending a lot of um, time in cold-hearted, closed um um psychological states recently and um and working on that and and really doing the work to understand what in me was happening and so tonight when i came i had 
already worked through a lot of understanding myself and what was blocking me. Mm-hmm. And so it was wonderful to, to, to experience it here now, right now, as I am, and hoping that in the future, the next time I find myself in that tight, cold-hearted state, I I can be more kind to myself, you know, it's a... Yeah, that's great, Carrie. It's good to see you back. It has been a while. Um, and I'm sure that all of that work you've been doing laid some ground where the practice tonight was able to kind of just like take it that next, like, you know, open that next level. Um, for sure. For sure. Yeah. And um, uh, I think I talked two weeks ago about the resistance that I have felt to this practice. I mean, I'm offering it to the group in part because it's like, it's, it's the the medicine that I know I need. And, um, and yet for some reason, um, feel reluctant to take, you know, um, and, um, and, um, I think that one thing that became clear to me two weeks ago, and also like in the few days after that class, was that um, part of me doesn't feel actually like worthy of of love or kindness, and so my resistance is actually like, no, I don't really deserve this. I'm just going to stew in my feelings. I'm going to sit with my feelings, right? Yeah. Um, so, um, but. I think actually the reason I got on this little tangent is I think that um, the awareness practice that we do, just working with noting the thoughts and sensations that we have, that's also a crucial complement to this loving kindness practice. Being aware of where we're stuck, what those patterns are, what our scripts are. Um, When we bring loving kindness into the picture, when we've already cultivated that kind of awareness, like the kind of awareness you're talking about having cultivated over the last like week or two, right? Then I think it can really take it to the next level. And that's why loving kindness, you know, just like a a session or two can suddenly like feel like it can open something. But it's because you've already laid the groundwork, you know, through this awareness that you've cultivated of like what what is holding you? Because you've been attending to what blocks the heart, or you've been attending to what blocks kindness and love. And then tonight, you're ready to accept the invitation to open the heart. Yeah. If I could add one more thing, uh, of course, John. Comments, yeah. Bernie, um, uh, you know, I, I I understand in particular with that uh, the first phrase of "May I be be happy." That that certainly seems. Yeah, I want to change my my uh, my mood. Uh, and I, and I understand that there are hesitations about that, but you know the the thing I when I've been when I've done meta uh, meditation, um, I I do the same thing with the with the uh, three or four other people, and I try to imagine what would make them happy, what would mm-hmm. make them feel safe, um, and I, I I found that really delightful uh, mm-hmm. that. That that feels um, really so. It's getting into the the, the spirit of the the meta. Yeah, yeah, that's great. Um, you know, I, I I 
I really want to make clear, this is not about like one practical version is better than another. This really, I just wanted to offer this, which to me has felt very powerful. And um, from time to time, I use the other version too. So, you know, it's like, it's, it's like, I think people should try both and see which, which works and what the, how, how they experience it. And maybe at different times, I think, especially when I'm feeling particularly close hearted, I find the version that we did tonight really helpful because it's really like makes so clear to myself no it's about how i am now you know, the resistance is the path right it's not the thing to get over yeah hi bernie hi carmen hi um i've i think i've brought this up in another um love and kindness practice that we've done but something that's really interesting to me is I always have really different experiences um, based on the order of when you're um, thinking of yourself versus others. Mm -hmm. And I, um, I think the wording did was uh, kind of made it a little bit more. So really what I usually experience is if I start with myself, mm -hmm. I and um, giving love and kindness to myself, I very, cold or I, I really feel like I don't, um, not much kind of comes from that and kind of this more detachment. Mm -hmm. Um, but when I start with others, I'm, I, that is way more, um, feels way more natural to me. And then by finishing with, um, it, you know, sending love and kindness to myself, then it opens the door to really mm -hmm. feeling that more. And I did like how the wording, like as you are, um, mm -hmm. I think that that did help those feelings come mm -hmm. uh, a little bit more naturally, but it's very interesting to me. And mm -hmm. just like the order really changes my experience of the practice. Yes, totally. Um, and there are times where I sometimes start with the second person version, right? The second, um, precisely for that reason, um, especially when, when I'm offering this practice to uh, a new group or especially a group that's kind of relatively new to meditation. Because, yeah, almost, not universally, but like, boy, I'd say like 80 to 90% of people who are doing this for the first time and haven't done much meditation practice are just shocked to discover that they can't extend kindness to themselves. And it's kind of disturbing, right? Um, and um, and so that, that kind of like, there can be this like sneaky trick of like, no, start with someone else. Like, you know, and then, but that's why I had even that, that quick line of um, bring someone to mind who you feel natural. And then to kind of just sort of, so you can sense a little bit of that natural, you know, warmth in the heart for that person. That can, you know, it's, it's like the little spark. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that was also helpful. Yeah. Hey, Bernie, if I can add something. Hi, Angela. So nice to see you. Yeah. So nice to be too. Yeah. Um, so I remember when we originally did this in class, this was a meditation I struggled with a lot because at exactly as you mentioned, I just felt like I'd never tried to extend kindness to myself and wish myself peace and love and, and great things um, in, in meditation. And so um, in class, I, I don't, I didn't feel like I felt the resistance mm -hmm. and just now because of the longer format um, I was, as I was saying the words to myself and trying to remember it, I found that I couldn't fit it in one exhalation mm -hmm. that I was mm -hmm. trying to squeeze all the words in, in one mm -hmm. exhalation. And that was done before 
I was finished saying um, the phrase. Uh, but so then that kind of made me become really hyper aware of breathing and maybe not the most concentrated way. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that reminded me of, of like going on a run, um, which is something I picked up lately of when um, you are really tired um, on, on like the fifth mile or something and you uh, are you feel the breathing and it's really, really tough um, and you hyper fixate on it. It's, it's even rougher to, to continue and go through with it. Mm -hmm. Whereas if you just let yourself uh, step back and relax a little more and, Mm -hmm. and think about the overall um, and not hyper fixate on on the breath itself. Mm -hmm. I think uh, I tried to use that during the meditation and, and it actually helped where Mm -hmm. it was like, when I'm running to, and at that point of running, um, is when I'm my biggest cheerleader and I'm able to give myself some grace saying, okay, Mm -hmm. I've come a long way, you know, don't hyperfixate on this. You got Mm -hmm. this, keep Mm -hmm. going. Mm -hmm. And, and that was kind of the same in the sense that when I told myself, okay, you know, don't worry about fitting all that in one exhalation, just Mm -hmm. focus on the message. Um, that, that was when, the the kindness and the warmth started coming out a little bit more. That's great. Actually, I have I I'm glad you brought that up, Angela, because I have that issue too sometimes of not being able to say the whole line, you know, in, in one exhalation. And I will sometimes actually, I mean, I don't like do something I think similar to what you're talking, which is I just don't worry about fitting into one breath. Maybe I'll take I'll just like dwell with one line for two or three breaths, you know, um, and just like it just however long. I mean, there's no worth. What's the rush, you know? Um, and so um, I think that spirit of, yeah, just let it be the way it is. The point is actually the attitude that we're cultivating. Not, not, it's not some kind of like mantra or some special thing that we need to, to, to get on a metronome. Um, and so sometimes I do these lines like, you know, breathing in, dwelling in the heart, and then extending kindness to myself exactly as I am right now. And I'll take like three or four breaths, or I might do that line a few times, and then I'll move when it feels like it to the next line. You know, it doesn't have to be robotic at all. And any, yeah. So I'm really glad. I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah. Um, Angela was in my one of my big 90 person lecture classes on Zen at Williams, and has graduated. And yeah, so it's great, great to see you back. Yeah. Oh, I think one thing I forgot to mention on the. Um, so I don't know how many of you know when when you bring your awareness to the center of the chest and you're breathing in, like breathing in, dwelling in the heart. Um, I. So um, I find it kind of natural to breathe in often just a little bit more deeply into the chest than I would naturally on my own. It'd be just by bringing my awareness there. But I think it's important to not have this attitude of I'm trying to like stretch the chest out or like really like, like soften it in some intentional way. It's we're bringing awareness into the chest um, feeling it fill up and as a way of, I think, just bringing more awareness to how it feels there. Think of like, if there's tension there, we're not breathing in to get rid of the tension. Um, as a former asthmatic, um, I often would breathe in that way where, you know, you know, trying to like, trying to like force the, 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 the chest and the lungs to relax and open. That's not the spirit in which we're breathing here. It's just like, if you feel tension, uh, in the center of the chest as you're breathing in, just let let your awareness just really feel what that tension is like and let the heart in a way hold that tension, let it be there. 
you know. Um, so we're not manipulating our physical sort of sensations in order to create some softness or warmth here. We're just letting the awareness really dwell here and then see what happens um, as we do that. Okay, so I think that's good enough for one night. Um, can we sit as we like, as I as I like to do, for just maybe a minute in silence together before we say goodnight? If you need to rush off, please do. But I like to end these evenings with just a moment of quiet together. So um, there will be no guidance for this final minute. Um, I'll just uh, let everyone know when time is up. Hey, everyone. Thank you for being here. Wonderful to sit with you all. Good night. See you in a couple of weeks. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you. Thank you, Thank you so much.